I said Alaska, yeah. not Alexa. Shut up. Is it Alexa? <laughs> <laughs> no, mine's listening. Oh no! <laughs> I'm just glad. I'm just glad. Like Michael B. Jordan didn't just answer. Did you guys see that commercial last night? Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the WCHA, with your host Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, and Dustin Lindstrom. Welcome to episode 15 of the Chasing of the second season of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. And Matt Cavender. Hello, everybody. With the three games this week against Ferris State ahead, including Winter Carnival Series, we have Bulldogs play-by-play man Harrison Watt on the podcast. Thanks for joining us, Harrison. Yeah, I got to say, I didn't realize I was going to be a dead last in the beard competition here. <laughs> Dude, not even oh, close. I got to switch that, too. <laughs> I don't know. My mom would disagree. She hates my beard. Ah. Over to, if we're talking about just, like, the fullness and and everything we get going on here, it's I like, forgot about that. no contest. Oh, no, I got the, the bald spot hides. It's over, which side is it? I think it's this one. One of these sides is all bald. I don't I know. I got one right there, too. Yeah, yeah. They don't, it doesn't want to fill in there. I don't know. I just got the problem where like my beard just wants to become two right oh. here. So <laughs> must like... be nice. Must be nice. <laughs> as, I, as I let mine grow, I get to the point where the sideburns just like epically go outwards compared to the rest. Yeah, I feel like um, when I get lazy about it, I definitely have this like Martin Van Buren feel to it. With yeah, the just poofy stuff by the ears. Yep, yep. I can definitely go down the Van Buren or the Burnsides uh, route. All right. I got a I got a colic right here, and it just kind of swoops out. <laughs> like it's really weird on this side. Oh yeah, it's got get it gets long enough, then it goes away. All right, we we derailed in the introductions. <laughs> Way to go, time. everybody! I do is that, that, rec- that. Is that record that's, time? I that love that. That is the shortest time to derailment of any one we've done so far. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you invite me on. Yeah, I love that. that. No, that's great. We've got nothing but time to do this. All right. This week we'll talk about the Huskies' current events, like the UAA, uh, the Huntsville series. We'll catch up on the Fair State season. Talk about the events in Mankato, the Joe Show, NCHC playoffs. We'll talk about Flow Hockey this week. Thanks to them giving us a reason to talk about it. Uh, your questions and preview the Fair State series. I was it was so tough to stay quiet while you said all that while Dustin's just stuffing his maple syrup shots in the. <laughs> Dustin's got his maple syrup shot. Yep, you just stuffing them right in the camera for everyone. Yeah. Did you guys see the disc or the picture on Slack? I did see you bought some. Yeah. Yeah, I posted a picture that I finally bought some real maple syrup today. Well, does real mean Anderson's pure maple syrup? Yes, it does. They got to start paying us if we're going to say their name again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. Whatever. Anderson's Pure Fuel is the best. <laughs> the athlete's choice. <laughs> All right. Before we take a break, we wanted to touch on one thing. We fund everything at Tech Hockey Guide from our patrons. You can become one at patreon.com slash Guide. Uh, we'll be doing a Zoom chat with a special guest. Uh, By the time you hear this, we will have had our February event shortly after the end of the MTU Ferris State game on Tuesday with former MTU captain and current USHL head coach Brad Patterson. 
Uh, these monthly chats are available at the white level, which is just $2 a month. If you have uh, if you have anyone you'd like to suggest for one of these chats, please let us know. Uh, since the podcast started, we've done extended versions of the podcast for our patrons and early access at the black level or above, which is $5 a month. Thanks, Harrison. At the gold level, for $10 a month, you get access to everything we've mentioned and the Zoom video of our podcast before the rest is out. And you also get an authentic MTU jersey patch for being at the black level or above. Uh, enough of that. Let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsor. And we'll come back and discuss the Huntsville series with Harrison Watt. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. Welcome back. So I suppose we should start with discussing the Huntsville series, unless anybody wants to talk about Tuesday's game. We can talk about that one, too. Anything on... I'll let you guys get to business. We can talk about Michigan Tech first. Well, well, we played... I mean, that was a Tuesday game against Tech, too. So yeah, that was the Tuesday oh, you're talking game last, against Ferris. Yeah. Last week. Yeah. Last Tuesday. Yeah, last okay. Tuesday. Yeah, the game was already there. happened. Yeah, yeah I remember these, that yeah, one. These schedules like this are just dumb. Yeah, bonkers. <laughs> I think it hurt just, my brain. <laughs> we'll get used to it. There'll be more from what we learned on the Joe show today. The only thing that I would really want to say is that after the game, Harrison, I got a chance to catch up. And I was telling you guys to begin with that Ferris is a team that terrifies me because all of their stats point to me that they're due. They're going to get a win. They've got the offensive guns to do something. But Harrison told me, like, going into the game, it was like there's always seems to be some obstacle that Ferris hits that they're just not going to overcome. And I. I, I saw that firsthand, and he was like, you, you saw it. Like, they, they've they got the talent to do it. They'll just keep doing something dumb. Like, when uh, we got that very deserved five-minute major, that's when Ferris really had their opportunity. Then they took a penalty shortly thereafter, ruined it, and wasn't long after that that we scored. And that was pretty much the story of the game for the Bulldogs. So that's kind of all I wanted to touch on with that game, unless you want to know. Say something else there, Harrison. Yeah, um... The one thing I think is, like, at this level, bad teams don't score goals. Like, bad teams just don't score. Like, we remember the Huntsville teams from the last few years and the Anchorage teams that were always in the bottom, like, five in the country in goal scoring and, like, on record low paces. So, like, by no means do I think we're bad. It's it's just the other end of the ice. We're young, and it's, it's tough. You, like, you saw Logan make some big stops, and he's cap- capable of that. But, you know, he's also a 19-year-old freshman goaltender. It's going to take him some time. And Yeah. A young group back there. And it's, I mean, also, it's not like we're playing cupcakes. We're playing Michigan Tech. Like, it's a good team, well coached. Um, they were real hot, bothered after the Bowling Green series. And they, uh, they showed up like it. I was in the press box when they came into practice, uh, the day before the game. And I had my back to practice, uh, because I don't like to watch when the other team is in the building. I don't want to be that guy. Um, because Mike Hastings once kicked me out of my own rink when Minnesota State came to town. <laughs> He, he, he yelled up to the press box and asked me to leave. That was good. Um, 
Joe didn't seem like he was in the best of moods. And like he, he really got after guys practice. And I, I took some stuff away from it because I could hear it through my headphones while I was trying to edit sound. And I, you know, I was just sitting there and it's like, this guy, this guy means business. And I, I know Joe a, like a little bit, but, um, that's a well coached team and, and he really gets on them. They stick to their system and it works. So it really does work. Yeah. It's been fun. Um, going into the third period, well, I guess I kind of forget of it over the weekend anyway, like going into the third period, that's when tech finally found their stride, I think, and, and took advantage of some things to, to make it not like we talked last week about how I thought tech would sweep Huntsville, but we would walk away not happy with the results because they, they wouldn't be good enough. And as much as it felt like they struggled at times, I mean, on Friday night, I think it was Sloshman tweeted out that Huntsville didn't have a shot for the last 33 minutes of the game. And on Saturday yeah. night, Tech basically scored, what, three goals in the third period to, to just take it away. And, and then over the course of the weekend, you end up with Tech having, what is it, seven, they outscored them 7-2 to two on the weekend. They outshot them. 69 to 26 on the weekend they went two for seven on the power play and killed all seven penalties and i think they should have been three for seven or were almost three for seven but the one of the other the other goal happened one second like as the penalty expired i think if i remember correctly and and then the other thing that i found from the lovely college hockey uh news detailed spreadsheet like the detailed what do they call that anyway the i forget advanced metrics page the advanced metric page for yeah, the box shows scores all the, shows all the shot metrics and everything like that yeah so michigan tech outshot huntsville 55 to 20 even strength on the weekend so i'll do it i mean huh. and as much as we've kind of harped on them at times like they're basically top 12 in just about every category you care about except for scoring offense itself but like they're they're 30th in the country in goals per game 9th in goals against 16th in scoring margin 9th in the power play 11th in the penalty kill 17th in combined which is basically just they haven't they haven't taken that many penalties they've had what seven more power plays than penalty kills, so that's really what's skewing that one. And then they're 12th in the country in penalties taken, 16th in penalty minutes taken. Like, if they could just score a quarter of a goal more a game, we would be thrilled with all of that. And, of course, not getting swept by Bowling Green of course. two weeks ago. But mm. when you start looking at everything, like, Overall, you can't really ask for more out of this team. I think the one thing that I'm really intrigued about is what exactly would this team be doing without Ash? Yeah, his addition from a goal-scoring perspective, the last, what is he, he's been in for, here for eight games. He's got five five goals, something like that. Five goals, six points, I think. Yep. Yeah, he's uh, he's come in and... It's it's finally someone who's producing regularly. You almost expect him to score every game now. Yeah. Which I can't say that of anybody on the team up until this point. No, and it's 
it's been nice to have that, and I just don't. I mean, I guess we can kind of get into a little bit of Joe Show stuff right now, but he talked a lot today about how other teams have six guys like that or whatever. But from the Slack chat and the way our our recruiting secret friend talks about stuff on our Slack chat, like it doesn't seem like Joe necessarily either he can't get those kids or he doesn't try as hard because they a lot it's really hard to find a guy that can score like that that is still going to do the defensive work that Joe expects and not be a Gavin Gould type player that cheats too much to get that offense and I don't know if that's the fine line that Joe struggles with finding players or if he loses out on the ones that like too many of the ones that fit the mold he really wants or or what it is because like I get what Joe's saying that like a school like Michigan kind of gets their pick of these kids but at the same time well there's little reason that we can't be Minnesota State getting more of those kids I I just don't I don't know the way he talked about it made me feel like He's blaming something that I feel like is way more in his control than he wants to admit as far as like how much his playing style affects his ability to pull that off. I don't know. Well, it's it's an interesting point, but then you also got to think about how much playoff success you guys have had over the last few years. Like even in years where you guys have been like, I don't want to say pedestrian, but like middle of the league, like you get into the playoffs and it works. Like it works against good teams. It's worked against good teams in the past. Like you go on the road and beat Minnesota State. You go, you know, you beat up on Northern Michigan all the time. I know you like to hear that. Like, <laughs> but it, it like it works. Like since he's taken over, that style just works in the playoffs. And it might not be pretty in the regular season, but when you get to when it matters, it's worked. So I respect it. Well, I think a lot of it over the last couple of years has been Joe implementing the way he wants to play and finally getting the team to that point in the playoffs like building on a season and I think hopefully he's finally to the point where a lot more of that has been instituted earlier and it's not as much of a struggle to get there I know we've talked a lot in the past about how many different players have left early that weren't quite a cultural fit and how much I think that can influence things that it takes a lot longer to get to that point. But I feel like the team is in a better spot now to be rolling sooner. I mean, they took a step back two weeks ago, but at the same time, they're, I don't know, they're doing, they're doing very well. I'm I'm happy with it overall. It's just sometimes I, I don't know how much of it is the like missing the offense we experienced in the, um, the Pearson era, or if it's just like, it's just, it's really tough, especially when you watch like Minnesota state, just crush Bowling green, that it's really hard to sit back. And, but then again, they lost to Bemidji the weekend before. So it's not like they're perfect or anything, but it like, it, it is hard to sit there for 40 minutes and watch a team like Huntsville shut you down, even though you're getting good opportunities and everything. And then suddenly the the switch flips and you get three goals and suddenly it's a perfectly fine game. It's just you wish it had been building more throughout the game. But 
that happens in every sport where it feels like it's way closer earlier than it really is just because the the shots haven't gone in yet. It's always been a fickle, frustrating offense with Joe. That's it, it's never it doesn't it hasn't ever seemed to have clicked to where we do that dominating type of game. It's score a goal, you know, early go up or have to fight back to get the win. It seems like most of the time, or we just score one goal and we kind of shut down. And then it takes a while, like you said, for things to actually open up in a game where it does open up. And that that's just, it, it makes for a really nervous, frustrating uh, fan experience, right? The, the game never feels like we're just coasting to a win. We're always fighting tooth and nail for each bit of it for whatever reason that may be. And I, I don't know why that's that way. Well, and then I think the one that, I think the stat that stuck out to me is we're ninth in the country in power play, yet I haven't really felt like we're great at it it's weird we were talking about it during the game i don't know if whether which game it was but this weekend i was talking about it with my brother and it's like we're playing keep away we're not doing anything with the puck it seems like you other see other teams will go down low with it we seem to play that top three umbrella over the top and i am not a hockey coach by any stretch of the imagination i've just watched for a long time right but we play on the top with the three guys up top just cycling between those three guys and there doesn't seem to be a lot of movement down low at all for us. And I don't know. You watch teams like uh, like Mankato, they'll get the puck down low and move it back up top quick, and we just kind of cycle through those top three guys. So it, it, to me, seems like there's – if I can recognize that pattern in our power play, I would imagine someone whose job it is to study tape can go, yeah, we just got to hold them up high and we'll be fine. You guys yeah. did a lot of power play damage in the last week, though. A couple, couple on us, a couple on Huntsville. Before that, you guys were like 18.6, I think, when you came to Ferris, if I remember that correctly. And that was right near the middle, upper middle of the country. Um, so you've done a lot of damage of late. But I, I would expect yeah. with guys like Bretzman, who I think are pretty good down low, that eventually it was just going to start rolling at some point. Yeah, so that they're... It seems like it relies too much on like Sawyer up top, Sawyer and Rockwell up top to make that initial... You know, shot off the boards down or whatever. It doesn't seem like we get down low. There was a couple of times last year where I think it was it was Datum. It was like basically uh, screening in front, and that worked. Seemed to be pretty decently with his big body in front there. Oh, yeah, or he'd shift out and be there for the one-timer, For the right? one-timer, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that's like a, a role Kateroth and Bantle can play once they're a little more matured on the team and play more on the power play with, the you know, the bigger frames. But, you know, it, it was nice to see that two different distinct looks on the power play last year, too. To, to make things, you know, mix it up a bit. It seems like whoever's out there, it's the same system this year. But again, completely from the not hockey poach uh, perspective there. <laughs> Rob, it kind of sounds like you are saying the same thing that Joe always says. They need to be better in hard ice. <laughs> <laughs> right? Hard skill. Hard skill. Into hard ice, yeah. I would agree, yeah. Yeah, so to circle back to what Harrison said earlier, yeah, so Tech went 3-for-5 on the power play on Tuesday. So they're 5-for-12 in the last three games. So they went from 18.6% on the power play all the way up to 23.6. So now I now I feel better that that's, that's why they're so much better. <laughs> like, it's been... Uh, great to see it over the last three games and and hopefully by the time you've heard this Michigan Tech has completed the mega sweep 
<laughs> it's not what Harrison wants, and I'm I'm still very afraid of their team. I still feel like they're we'll doing. I don't like how many times they play us in this stretch. Yeah, we're here to ruin your week. That's what we're here to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I well, if you're if you're gonna win a game, I hope it's not tomorrow. So that's fair because that's the one with the conference points on the line. So anyway, as long as we're Talking a little bit more about that whole Mega Sweep series, let's talk about Ferris State's season. So how did we get here, Harrison? Very interesting. It's it's an interesting question to answer. Um, I can't quite figure it out. You know, we started our first weekend, we went to Bowling Green, end of November. And we played them in a 2-2 game, and I thought we outplayed them in their rank. And we give up a goal on what I thought was probably a high stick with 12 seconds left. Like Max Johnson just oh, like Oh, that's that's a shot that comes in from the right from the near side, right? Yeah. So yeah, Max, that I think I actually screen captured that one and was bitching about it uh, from yeah. watching it as a third party. I I did not think that was a goal at all. I know exactly yes. what you're talking First about. First swear of the podcast everybody, let's give it up for Rob. Oh shoot, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what well, um it, it was bad because watched the tape back a bunch of times and we're totally convinced that Max Johnson just waved at it kind of like inadvertently, like didn't really even mean like, he was just like, yeah, maybe I'll get a stick on it. And it goes in and we're all just kind of looking around like, well, shoot, we just played awesome. And we lost this game. And from that point on, like we've played that well against teams, but it's a mistake here. It's a mistake there. And it's in the back of our net. You know, the nights that our goalies have been good, our team is not the nights that our team has been good. Our goalies have been off. Um, but we're like, we're young. We got 20 underclassmen. Um, I think we're talented, but and that's evidenced by we score goals. Our power play is still fairly decent, better than it has been in a few years. I mean, our team offense, um, I think we're at like 2.79 a game or something like that. We're pretty close. We're right in that ballpark. Um, but I mean, that's better than it's been since like 2013, 14. Like we, we can score goals. It's, it's just the other end of the ice. We got to get figured out. Um, yeah, you're one spot behind tech in goals scored per game. Like it, it, you would think, you would think we'd have figured it out by now. Um, the one thing I will say is that like you could look at our record and think like, man, what's that locker room like? And it's not anything like what you'd think. Like the guys just come to work every day. They keep at it. They recognize, you know, this isn't one day, you know, this isn't, you know, we're not going to get six wins in one weekend. We just got to get a little better every day. And I, I think as we get older, we'll get better. Um, again, scoring goals is a good sign. There's a lot of younger guys scoring goals. I like our freshman class a lot. I like our sophomore class. Um, we got Brendan Rons, who I think initially was a Michigan Tech commit. Um, yeah. Brendan Rons last year didn't play very much. We played him at like forward. Um came back this year and he's been real solid for us defensively. So I, I think he's actually going to be, I don't want to say surprise, but he's going to be a pleasant grab for us recruiting wise. Our, again, our freshman class is really good this year. Um, but I, I feel optimistic. Um, that probably makes me look like an idiot to say that at times, but like, <laughs> I like our guys. I have faith in our coaching staff that they're figuring it out. And it's, you know, I think at this point it's mental. Like, we let in that goal and everyone kind of looks around at each other like, ah, no, not again. That's exactly how I felt with the uh, the student reporters when I was next to them in the press box. Like, 
it's easy. It's very easy to look at the stats and write off Ferris, but then you watch them play a game and you see that they have the parts to start building, and then just something super frustrating is going to happen to them. It's going to prevent them from taking the win. Yeah. The one thing I like is we've been way more disciplined. Like the last few years, we took a lot of a lot of penalties and like a lot of five minute penalties, like things I don't like to see. Um, but we've really cut back on that. And I respect that. Like, you guys saw the end of the Minnesota State Bowling Green game, right? Yep. Yeah, when everyone from Bowling Green was in the penalty box. Yeah, yep. which is exactly where they belonged. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, like, we we didn't necessarily do those things, but those are the kinds of things that, like, when you lose a game and you do something like that in a game or maybe a little less than that, like, those are the things that, like, when I go back to the hotel on the road at night, like, I don't sleep. Like, that just keeps me up. I get sick. Um. And we just did that to ourselves too many times in the past. And I, I think it's just about building a winning culture. And that's what Joe is, I think, to an extent done here. I mean, Mel had a big hand in it first, but Joe's won a lot of big playoff games too. So that's, that's what we're trying to work towards. And I, I think we're getting there. Again, like we played against Minnesota State on the road. And um, I thought Logan had an off night goal for us. But like we did a lot of things defensively where like I like I was like okay I see it we're playing a really good team like I, I get this we're in a good place um we took a five-minute penalty that we killed off at Minnesota State which I still think is like the craziest thing ever um like that doesn't happen too often when you go there and do that to them so I, I can see it in like 10 15 minute stretches where like this is what I think we can be down the road and then there's that like two to five minute stretch where we just lapse. So we got to get that figured out and the guys are working on it and they're not, nobody's negative. Nobody's pointing fingers. That's the one good thing I could say about our team. That part's good to hear. At least he's not giving us word a team like the Ottawa Senators a couple years ago. We're a team. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no, I don't think that. I, um, I think more of our yeah. guys than that. For sure. So I, you kind of answered this, but Patrick Coro, um, discord i believe asked for you specifically as someone who's watched ferris state week in and week out what is the missing link this season preventing the wins that we know ferris is capable of well that's very nice to say that we're capable of them i appreciate that i think so too <laughs> like I, I but like i can imagine a lot of fans look at us and they're like oh these guys are terrible like look at their record and like i go on social media after games and it bums me the hell out sorry for swearing but Oh, don't worry That's, about it. That, that one's not bad compared to what we're doing here. Yeah. I <laughs> like I'll go on social and it just bothers the living daylights out of me after a game like where we, we lose in the last few minutes. Um so I appreciate that sentiment very much. I, I think it's experience. We just gotta get a little older back there. Um we get some big guys, we get some strong guys. We got guys that play, you know, of the twenty five, twenty six minutes they're playing, you know, twenty two of them are real solid. And then it's like the three where it's a puck gets lost in their feet, a turnover. We don't clear a zone. That's a big one for us. It's in the net. So we just got to learn some of the little things to figure it out. I, I think it's just like a, it's like a mountain of little things for us right now that we got to get figured out. So moving on, we talked about this a little bit. Um, so last weekend on Saturday night at the end of a blowout, for Minnesota State, I guess, to put it mildly. They had a – Bowling Green had a Ferris State-type 
uh, lapse in judgment for about three minutes there, what, at the end of the second period? Three and a half minutes, I think, when they gave up three goals and to end the period there. And that kind of shut the door on that game pretty much. But to finish the game, was it Will Cullen, right? Yeah. Had a bad hit into the boards on uh, a Mankato player and resulted in a lot of scuffles that ended up having four disqualifications. Will Cullen got DQ'd. Sam Craig's got DQ'd, three DQ's, and Reese Smolik got DQ'd for Minnesota State, and then there were one, two, two other game misconducts, all at 19.33 of the period. One of the interesting things that I that came out of the Joe show today was that he thought pretty much the same hit happened to Bantle, and it was not called a major it wasn't called a penalty at all but and there was a ref watching the whole thing and it was 23 who the heck is that for bowling green oh i'm blanking probably colin (laughs) colin's too who's 23 it's one of the freshmen isn't it let's see here 23 taking me too long to get it max coil sophomore oh he's the kid from huntsville yeah. Yeah, he's one of the Huntsville transfers. Yeah. So he's the one that hit uh, Bantle, who's now out after a hit against, was it Huntsville, right? That was our bad, actually. He was losing an edge oh, that's we right. hit him. Yeah. He a, yeah. It's hard to keep track with all these games in yeah, one week. It was, it was, at Ferris, it was a lot more an awkward fall and a lot less of, you know, the boarding that happened at Bowling Green that Joe was talking about. Yeah. Well, anyway, I just it was a bad moment. I know Dustin. We had a little bit of a discussion about that because it it's technically not a three game suspension. It was an additional two games because the misconduct itself or the disqualification carries a game. But as far as I can tell, it's been a long time since anybody was suspended three games for one hit. It can't wasn't that kid from. Huntsville a few years back that was just racking up. Brennan Saulnier. Yep, him. He got back-to-back two games. The second one maybe ended up being three because it was a DQ. Same same type of thing. Yeah. But it wasn't published that way. It was called the two-game suspension. Yeah, okay. But yeah, I when I when I searched my email, he, his name came up like two emails in a row of having a two-game suspension, so... Maybe the second one had was actually out three games, and that sounds about right. It might have even been four if uh, he got DQ'd on the first one, but I don't remember the specifics, and I didn't go read those emails. From, but from what I remember about him, he earned every one of them. Yes, sir. This specific one, I, watching the end of that game, you could kind of tell that I didn't want something like this to happen, but you could kind of tell that Bowling Green was frustrated and and something was coming and then they that hit happens and then the scuffle and everything happens and and a bunch of players end up in the penalty box with 27 seconds left on a road trip where they thought they were had a chance to compete with Minnesota State and then basically just get ran out of the building two nights in a row. It's not a great look. Minnesota State has a has a way of doing that to pretty good teams. They're they can make good teams look pretty silly. Yeah. 
obviously I think Minnesota State is in a better place than they were when Tech played them non-conference earlier this year. But it is kind of amazing to me that uh, the team that we managed to split with and stay relatively close with all weekend versus the team that we stayed sort of close with and ended up getting, you know, having them pull away in the end. Like, it wasn't even close when they played each other. That that Friday night game was, wasn't close except for Pietola. Blake Pietola. That's yeah, true. Yep. Yeah, he won that game for us for sure. I think that Harrison and I had a conversation about this, that it's a lot of it's just, just styles of play. Like, even though, like, there's some teams that, like, Tech has a style of play that'll easily beat them, sometimes there's another team that, even though they're lower down the con- conference, they have a style that could beat us. Like, he was saying that, like, Harrison was saying that he thinks – Ferris plays a style that frustrates us and has a potential to burn us, even though on paper we're the better team. So it could be something to that extent where Tech plays, you know, a system that's more likely to frustrate, burn Mankato than Bowling Green does. Yeah, that's true. I think like we we have issues with Northern, like Northern's fast ball too, but it's not hockey related. Yeah, I know. I agree with you too. <laughs> um, no, like their fast small guy style just works against us. But then, like we played Bemidji this weekend, uh, at least on Friday. Um, and, like I think we match up well with them. We play some of our best hockey against you guys typically. Um, just some of the styles. I, I don't think Bowling Green style translates very well at mm-hmm. all against Minnesota State because Minnesota State's real responsible, and Bowling Green likes to go running and gunning. And you try and do that on the road at Minnesota State, you're gonna have a bad time. Uh, Bemidji always has a knack at. They, they always get Mankato for one or two games a year. And it doesn't matter how good Mankato is, you know, Bemidji can always pick a few off. Well, and look at our struggles over the years against Alaska. Like, it, there's just something about those systems, the way they match up, that we struggle when we play Alaska. Which one? Alaska, not Anchorage. Okay. I said Alaska, not Alexa. Shut up. <laughs> no, mine's listening. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, anything else about Minnesota State Bowling Green stuff? Well, Tanner Edwards might have saw the way that Bowling Green played this last weekend and decided maybe that's the place for him. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little I'm a little worried that it, that um, if he hasn't getting any playing time and he wants to transfer that... Um, he might end up up in Houghton, which <laughs> I don't. Know. As much I, as we talk about him, I'm not really excited about that. <laughs> I don't really think. I don't know what to think. If it's not going to be a kid like Ashbrook that can come in and score, I don't really see Joe doing it because he's going to have as much of an issue with the deck stacked with all the kids he's got committed and all the kids that can come back next year, trying to figure out how he's going to do that without pissing off a bunch of recruits that committed. Um, yeah, that's it's true. It's going to be a difficult act to balance when you don't have, like Ashbrook has the track record at D1 already. Edwards doesn't have that to like show that he, he deserves to take a spot from somebody. And I, I really don't know how Joe's going to handle all that next year. But uh, as long as we're talking about Joe now, we can get into the Joe show a little bit. I guess the biggest thing that I took away from it that we haven't talked about yet was the scheduling that he discussed 
about how Michigan Tech is likely to play two more Tuesday games against Lake State potentially as soon as a week from tomorrow. Uh, but it's not official yet, so I don't know what's going on there. But basically his discussion, to elaborate more on it, he was talking about how this league had to step in to basically say that teams need to make every effort to play these games so that teams aren't trying to claim they can't make these games up and pick and choose which games they want to play. Yeah. Because, I mean, if if Joe had the opportunity to do something like that and was a less honorable man, I'm guessing he would have tried hard not to play Minnesota State in conference, right? I mean... I mean, I imagine, yeah. That makes sense. But I also don't think Joe is one to, like, step away from an opportunity to challenge his team. So I, I'm i glad that it's all scheduled. But, you know, Lake State, if they have the chance, maybe they would try not to play Tech. I mean, they avoided playing Tech earlier this year, according to reports. So it makes sense if they don't want to now. Yep. Anything else from the Joe show? Uh, I didn't even no, listen I think to it yet, so. I, I, think, I think Joe would have wanted us to talk about these sweet T-shirts. <laughs> Uh, where where's my shirt, Dustin? You said it's, you were sending it. This one this one might be it. Um, <laughs> that's. Yeah. I do want to say on that subject that I swung a deal with Anthony Harris, the equipment manager for Michigan Tech, so that they wear their hundred year jerseys tomorrow night because I really wanted to see them in person, and I nice. didn't know if we'd get to when we go this weekend. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, I swung a deal with them, and I was like, "Well, wear our red uniforms, which I like better, anyways." But yeah. you gotta bring your hundred year uniforms. He's like, done. We'll do it. Okay. Oh, thank. I haven't got a chance to see him in person yet either. So I'm ex- I'm so happy you struck that deal. I'm hoping the <laughs> cut looks looks better in person than it does on the video. Sometimes that's. It's a little... I will let you know because my biggest complaint about those jerseys is that everyone looks like they're wearing like a tarp a out moo-moo. there. Like it's just. <laughs> it looks like everyone needs a jersey that's like two or three sizes smaller. Like yeah, it looks they, like they're made for a Mack truck. They look like that's, they're all goalie cuts. That's my only complaint about them. Other than that, they nailed the design. I just think they, they look way too big on the players. Yeah, we'll see what happens with all that. I did um are we have we won a game in those jerseys yet? I think so. We beat we played Northern in them and we've beaten Northern every time, so I think so. Oh, I guess so. Yes, I see the shirt, Dustin. It's a nicely done <laughs> logo. The the shirts with the sweet MCM logo are gonna be available soon. There's an online form that, that I created, and I think at some point we're going to get posted. We'll probably link to it in the liner notes this week, as long as this segment makes it. Just a side note, MCM also stands for Man Crush Monday, (laughs) so I don't know that you want to be holding that up. Which one of the guys on the pod is your Man Crush Monday? At me on Twitter if you made it this far in the pod. (laughs) We got we got what three responses last week to Mega Sweep? We got, that was... I think we got almost I think we got five actually. Oh, did Let me we? Check. Okay. Yeah, we got, we got like a... So anyway, you guys should check this one out too. This is my new sweatshirt. <laughs> my uh, my favorite Green Bay Packers podcast is called Reporting is Eligible, and they started selling stuff. This sweatshirt was like two dollars more than their T-shirt, and I'm like, I need a Packers sweatshirt, so. It's all of like twenty five bucks, and I ordered it like two days ago, and it's already here. So I'm happy. Neat, neat, neat. So yeah, if anybody out here is a Packer fan, check them out. They're really good. No, I hear enough of that through the grapevine. Just being here, uh, just absorbing yeah, it. This, and I can't this is stand this is actually ordered through the Appleton Coffee Company website. 
So the next thing, um, we got notified today that the NCHC playoffs will all be held at Ralph Engelstad Arena. Uh, single elimination tournament over the course of, it looks like, four days, I think it was. Like four straight yep. days. Just get it done. Yep, they're just, they're just going at mm-hmm. it. Yep. Something, 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 lots of marble, Nazis, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a dominoes falling situation where just every team's going to, every league's going to start doing that. Like it started with the Big Ten with Notre Dame and everyone kind of got the gears turned. Like, oh, that's a really good idea. You know, it's just throwing everyone there, making sure the tournament gets done. So now the NCHC is doing it. And I think it's just the second domino to come in what's probably most of them. I don't think we're going to see any off-campus style tournaments this year at all because what's the point in paying for someone when you already have the facility of your own that you don't have to pay for? Yeah. Why would you go why would you go to a large arena rink and and have no fans? It doesn't make sense. Even though we both made great points, I feel like there was a second part to that that Tim didn't get to because I was just excited to talk about it. So (laughs) my question was should the WCHA do something similar? And if they do, where would it be? I think they absolutely should, and I think they should default to one of the bigger rinks. So you're looking at us, you're looking at Northern, and you're looking at Mankato. What's the size of the rink matter? I mean, besides locker room space. Besides locker room space. Yeah. If, if you're going to go that way, I mean, Mankato makes sense. There's hotels all over the dang place, right? Yeah. Including connected ones. And as we already hit on, neutral site's not going to make any sense. So you're looking at, you know, big schools. right by. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can confirm. Good old. Because Bowling Green's not going to cut it facilities-wise because you're already having players walk from weird parts of the arena to get on the ice. Lake State's probably a little bit dated. I think you're looking at Northern Tech and Mankato if one of them's going to host it. And if I had to put my money on it, I'd do Mankato just because they probably have the most updated facilities. Tech and Northern don't have the hotel capacity nearby. That's also very true, yeah. I, I think Mankato's the only one that makes sense. And seeing how, in terms of standings, I don't see much changing there. Why wouldn't you give it to Mankato anyways? For finishing up front, Bemidji's going to have tons of locker room space. The biggest, oh, yeah, that's a good, they've that's got a good they've got a grit and they hotels and a lot yeah. of hotels, but right next to it. I still yeah. to think about that as well. It's a good point. All I can remember from Bemidji is holy shit, yeah. it's cold. Bemidji is cold. Holy shit, it's cold. That's, that's my the only thing. experience about Bemidji. I can remember. I think that's the only thing that really disqualifies Bemidji is how remote it is. Yeah, but, you can get to you can get to Mankato easily because you fly into the Twin Cities. Yeah, you can you can fly into the Twin Cities and it's like what a half hour bus ride down to Mankato. So I think it's an hour it's and a half. Yeah. Well, I'm not <laughs> brushed up on my Minnesota geography, but even so, it's just it, in terms of our bus league, it's not that long. So, what about this for an idea? What if St. Thomas hosts it at the um, what do they call the the Wild Practice Rink? I would think that would be a very big wild card. I don't know if that would happen. The WCHA doesn't want to help anybody that's about to be in the CCA. Yeah, we can get into listener questions. So let's start with your. So we got we have Harrison on here. So he's got a little bit of the background as far as the broadcast goes, right? Yeah. So let's let me let, let's, let me say this first. Okay. Let's, yeah. You you say the actual question, question then I'll start there. ranting. So Matt's girlfriend wants to know. She'd like to hear us discuss the broadcasting quality of the Alabama game. So we're just gonna roll that all into flow hockey in general. Okay. I'm gonna say their play-by-play guy. I love. Because we're yeah, friends. I have no problem with their play-by-play. He does a Peyton fantastic is, job. Especially if you remember that. the last guy for Huntsville, Peyton's been like nine <laughs> oh, steps above him. The man, the man with two first names, whose name I can't remember now. Yeah, but uh, anyway, Peyton's been like nine steps above him. It's, is is his cadence is great? He sounds excited yeah, at the no, right he, times. He, he knows really how to call well. it. 
it's no, we, we i have no problems with the i, I want to have i want to have him I on like, but i don't understand why i watched half the game one of the nights from the the corner on ice camera Right, so that's that's my question to Harrison. Seems how we got some like a little behind the scenesiness. Is there any sort of of standard that the director is like held to in terms of how to actually choose cameras and broadcast the games? Is there any league like mandate of how you should do it or best practices type stuff? So you need to have three cameras. They need to be at different angles. What that means is like where text cameras are at the ends of the press box. Those kind of two different angles. And then, you know, like a low angle camera, which they use in some things, I think. I, I don't know where their third camera is, actually. Now that I think about it, I have, I'd sure. have to ask Cal. Is it a roving camera? Text will roll. The third one will roll. Yeah, it's, it's a shoulder mount one. that will go Okay, through. yeah. So they've got three. Um, so I have unique experience <laughs> with Huntsville's broadcast. Um, I was in quarantine because I got contact traced when we went down there. So I had to broadcast the games from my living room off the stream. And yeah, and I had to drop guys, off your line charts because you couldn't go get them. Yeah, because I, I couldn't <laughs> leave, really go anywhere, um, which I appreciate again. So I, I, mean, called, I, was, I was on the way. No worries. <laughs> I called certain segments of the game through a camera looking 150 feet down the ice from a corner. Yeah. And <laughs> I almost lost my mind. I am about as low maintenance a person when it comes to broadcast as you can find. Like, I don't ask for anything extra. I, I just show up, I try and be nice to people, and that's it. I do my, I do my job and I leave. Um, but I was pretty, and my girlfriend was subjected to it too, because she was helping audio engineer in the room, which I kind of roped her into at the last minute. Um, so she's watching this too, and she's like, how are you doing this? I'm like, half the time I'm guessing. Then they have graphics on the screen. Oh, yeah. Complete, impeding the action. I... <laughs> <laughs> more more than once i i was i threw something <laughs> so <laughs> to me to me the recipe for a successful hockey broadcast is relatively simple you stay center high camera for the majority of the action during live play slowly pan from blue line to blue line and center it in the zone when zone play is happening so i can see the corners and i can see the blue line so i can see the whole play when you go if you to want to have replays, a secondary camera that's high that zooms in for a that, moment, that's fine. But you don't that's stay fine. with it for like two minutes. And but you, hockey's a hockey's and as soon as fast, they lose the puck, you switch back to the other high camera. Hockey is a fast-moving game. If you aren't high and up high like that for the regular action, you're missing a ton of stuff because you can't physically pan a camera fast enough to keep a clear picture on a crappy web stream. It's not possible. Here's when you use that low camera. Number one, you use that on a replay when the guy 100%. in the corner or the girl in the corner got a six shot of the goal from that yeah. angle. Yeah, you use it sure. there. Two, you use it in between the whistles when you know there's a face off right in that corner. You can zoom in on somebody like yep. you know Peyton wants to talk about Tyrone Bronte. They zoom in on Tyrone Bronte. That's when you use it. You can so use it on the face off, but as soon as the puck Yeah, and then you go back up. Frame, you right. go back up. That high camera doesn't need to be zooming in tight constantly either to lose the, the lose the actual play. And that's one of the things that was for me as hockey is such 100%. a fast game that yeah. you cannot be zoomed in for too no. long. Well, and all. it's not even like whoever was running the camera this weekend didn't even know what they were doing half the time because there was a play where the Huntsville player is standing behind his goal with the puck. 
and his team's changing, and the camera follows the guys changing, and loses the fact that the guy's just standing behind the net with the puck. There like, were several times, like, someone was coming up the center, the puck gets passed off, and, like, the 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 pass gets missed, and the camera continues to follow the puck carrier, like it's an NHL game where there's a camera on each damn guy. That, that's not the case. Just stay up high, stay zoomed out, let us see the game. I can't imagine trying to use that footage back as the coaches either. I mean, that's... Oh, no, they get mad. Or do they, they get, get mad better at that. than yeah. that? They got to nope. be angry at that, no, right? They get, they get the same the, stuff. Yeah. They get the exact same stuff. They might not right. get the graphics laid in, but um, no, they I get agree. The same I can't. Choice of cameras, yeah, yeah. I mean, how, how hard is it to say just stay up high? I don't get it. I really don't. I really think so too. But I think because just because I'm, I'm in the interest of time, I kind of want to wrap it up and say, you know, Huntsville's taken th- like five steps forward in play by play. And maybe yeah, three steps sure. back in the broadcast quality. Well, that's where in all so I think honesty, that's kind of where we kind of like wrap it up with the bow. You know. Well, we're not even done yet. We still have the other know, half of the discussion. I know. I'm just saying to like get get through this part of the discussion. No, that I, should I don't be even a league. Mean, I meant this specific question. We still it should have be league mandated. We still have there the matter some... of flow hockey adding geo located uh, commercials where they misplay. I I'm not sitting that. I can. One out. That's a I can, bad look. I can actually answer this one for you. Um. So the. Actually, Flow Hockey emails us, um, and they go, hey, where can we put our commercial content in during your broadcast? So I send them an outline. I'm like, I've got all these like four or five-minute segments during the intermission where you can just lay in stuff because there's no action going on. And it's more than enough time to get their commercials in. So it kind of depends on what you send them. So I don't know if maybe... It could be a combination of things. It could be one school didn't send that outline for them to know when to put the commercials in. And I give them tons of leeway to put them in during the intermission. Like they have is all there, intermission. Is there any ever point where you're like hockey play is going on and a goal is going to be scored? Let's overlay it on top of that. I'm guessing that's not an approved segment, right? Well, that was that's not. They didn't, so it's either... back, they didn't come back from intermission fast enough is what that the goal they missed. Yeah. No. It happened in the goal. first 30 seconds of the third period, right? That's bad. No goal. But that's yeah. either the guy or girl physically operating, putting the commercials in there was late, not, was not paying attention or yeah. the school didn't send them a, the segment by segment. When can you put these in? Yeah. Uh, so it, it could be a combination of things. How long is a typical, like when, when the WCHA has a commercial break, how long is it? Uh, 60, 60 seconds, which I have an issue with because it should be like 70 because when I, you'll hear me do it tomorrow. Um, if you listen for it, now that I fixed the audio issue on a rink, um, <laughs> when I go to take a commercial break, cause I'm simulcast on the radio, I have to call out to the radio. Um, then I'm going out for a 60 second break and then they insert their commercials on their end. You'll hear me rush through it really fast, like a bunch of times. Because they've, they've got to get out and you've got to get back before the puck drops, right? Yeah. So uh, if I don't correctly predict that it's a media timeout, like if it's an icing and I'm asleep at the wheel and I call for a commercial, then I'm screwed. So, <laughs> which has happened to me once or twice or more than yeah. that now. Um, <laughs> so, like, it, I think it should be like you should get like two 70 second breaks and then like a 30 for media timeouts. Yeah. Uh, but it's 60 because we need like a few seconds to go out and a few seconds to come back so that it's not I'm out. And then when I'm back, either the play's underway or the puck is dropping. 
Is it every four minutes or what is it? First stoppage under 15, 10, and 5. Okay. Um, so it's three that's not That's not an icing or an unchangeable, like where you can't get a line change type of situation. Okay. Yeah, they don't want to act as a timeout that a coach that couldn't be forced to take a timeout if they had to. Yeah. So it won't it won't take effect there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's I understand that this is not easy, but it also like the like it doesn't help anything that I saw the same commercial every commercial break every time. Like during the intermission on Saturday night, I literally saw the same commercial for like four minutes. Like they just cycled it over and over and over again because it was the only one in my area. Would you love spending 150 bucks a year for that? It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, that and that's that's the infuriating thing. Is it's not a cheap video service. Yeah, and it, it almost feels like as as really diehard fans of the league, you're getting crapped on. Especially because like with how many people were going to be watching this year, it was easy to make this service. You know, like seven bucks a month or like twelve bucks a month, and be able to cancel it after the season. And be like, hey. Like pandemic special or whatever, but like they still decided to stick to their guns and make 150 bucks a year to repackage in house broadcasts. Well, I mean, and I know that is... all our listeners are sick of hearing us bitch about flow, but it <laughs> really feels like a kick in the in the face at that point, you know? Yeah. The other thing is, flow has never offered the home fan that is is a regular attendee of the games the option for an away package. There's no reason why you can't make a package that's an away package for a league it's not like this. What Flow does. Flow is all or nothing. Exactly, and that was a, that was something that was you know even though Stretch wasn't the best, that was something that was offered under Stretch, and it was great when I was the president of the Misfits because I didn't have to blow so much budget to get you know the streaming service because I'd say oh you know like everyone's gonna be at the home games, so I can get the away game package for one team and pay you know like this rate that's right. reasonable, yeah. you know. Yeah. One of the things we're going to offer, I think, next year, if not the year after, is that through Flow, what the ECHL is doing, the broadcast will get matched up. Oh, so awesome. if you want to, if you want to click on Dirk when you're playing at Ferris, you'll probably be able to. We're still working. It's, on it's one of the few I probably won't, Harrison. I, well, <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully not tomorrow. I'm a big fan of listening to both. It's one of the few I probably won't. I like to hear what the away guy has to say a lot of the time. Yep. Like when BG's got their students, they're gonna be one of the ones where I'm like, yeah, let's hear Dirk. But I I love your broadcasts like full stop, and I probably listen to Peyton too when we go to Huntsville. I like listening to Dirk, and I actually kind of like the way that I I mean, it's annoying getting it set up at first, but getting it synced up, I kind of like listening to Dirk, and I kind of like having Dirk about four seconds ahead of the action, so that if I get distracted, I can tell by his voice that I need to watch now. <laughs> <laughs> It goes up like nine octaves when something good's happening, and I we'll love take, that. We're taking that away from you. you get <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think that'll be great if we can get that feature. I'm not thrilled that they picked Flow, but if they can add that, that would certainly add some value to me. But the the biggest thing to me is it just like I don't think they're for their price point. I don't think they're investing enough in the apps. I don't and and you talk to customer service, and I have no idea whose fault stuff is like. I don't know how often I've tried to time shift a game and I can't do it. And from what I'm learning, the more I look at it, the more it seems like the Roku app is the one that they've invested the least in. So if I need something, I need to go check on my fire stick because it seems like the replays are there faster. The pausing and, and rewinding stuff is working better. Uh, so 
it just doesn't quite fit the price point the way that they're doing things so it's just frustrating and then they I complained to them this week and basically I get some canned answer about how there are going to be advertisements now and I'm like I already give you 150 bucks a month why do I need more ads it's not like you guys didn't have ads in your broadcast already even if they're not going to like work for me but like maybe you should work on fixing the apps before you work on another stream of revenue when I paid you 150 bucks and I the one thing I really struggle when I complain is that I didn't actually pay 150 bucks. I get the free one for Takaki Guide. So <laughs> it's still it's still annoying because I know there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast, watch the broadcast that are as upset as I am and did pay all that money. I mean, the the Huntsville broadcast was all we talked about in the Discord channel for the nearly the first period because it was so bad. Yeah. And then I came in there like in the middle of the third yeah. and said, why <laughs> yeah, are we watching like this? And you're like, what have you been doing all game? Uh, rats on flow hockey are one of our favorite topics. <laughs> yeah. Some of our followers are had enough of hearing about it. But yeah. I'm going to be honest, guys. I'm, I don't know what else to write about it at this point. So <laughs> No, it's true. I, I love you guys. You're completely in the right. But like, what do I even say aside from flow hockey bad? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, you know? Let's see. So... Andy uh, Bordeaux had two questions. We're going to focus on one of them because I have no idea how to answer the other one because I'm not a coach. Uh, So does anyone understand what the mindset is for selecting goalies to start games? I have no idea. I've given up on that 100%. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Are we trying to get inside Joe's head here? Yeah, don't. (laughs) Let's not try this. I don't want to do that. It's a scary place. We don't need to go there. I'm the only one here that's actually played hockey, so I think I'm the only one that has like a halfway educated. Opinion. I've been on a pond before. Hey, I've I played I am hockey skates four times in my life. I think I can have an opinion on how we pick goalies. Anyone can have an opinion. But Scored a lot in broom ball. That's the thing is, I played one season in intramural C. All right, listeners, you can tweet at Tech Hockey Guy <laughs> about which which talking head you trust the most to get into the head of a coach about the goaltending I had, situation. I had a two-year rental right. at the D for the soccer team and friends to go play hockey against another group. I can't wait to see the replies <laughs> to that. I, I, I'm I juiced about this. Maybe the replies will be fun, but... All of them should be hashtag Megasweep. Yeah. <laughs> but what I would say is that the first thing to take into account is whether or not is it a conference or non-conference game, because then you know... More, I don't want to use the word expendable because then you know, like more or less, like how much free roam you have in there and how much you can get in there for like the other guy because you can't just ride one guy for the whole season and expect him to be fresh the whole way through and expect him to be your number one guy. But we watch other teams do that, though. That's the thing. I mean, it's true, but especially when Tech's in a situation like they are, where they have two very good goaltenders, right. I understand where people get frustrated with playing Sinclair. I get it. We seem to not be as confident in front of him. He doesn't have the numbers. There's been some games where he's looked shaky. I understand that thought process, but you also, like, Blake's in his sophomore year, and he hasn't really seen minutes until this year. And, like, yeah, he's playing great. Yeah, he's got the numbers. Yeah, I think he's our number one going forward. But if we can afford to keep our backup fresh and our backup is that good, then I can see playing him him every now and again, especially if it's out of conference. Well, as a former high school water polo goalie, I think I could <laughs> answer this one. That's why you're so damn handsome. That makes sense. <laughs> Probably what it is. Water uh, polo, yeah. <laughs> looking so good. You look really good with those muffs over your ears, right? Yeah. 
I unfortunately have to like stick with that because I actually did do that for a year. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I played. I played for a long time. But I only played goalie for a year. Um, that amount of treading water is impressive. Let's say, for example, Blake Pietro goes down. Do you want to start Mark Sinclair in a playoff game when he hasn't played in a month? I worked out last year. I think was it right. Well, yeah, yeah but, but I mean, no, worked, I, I, that's purely no. anecdotal, and it should yeah. not. I'm not trying to say that's exactly. The right way to do. do you but, want his last well, game to have been a month the, ago? The point of the matter that I think Andy's getting at, what we all agreed to, is why the heck did Pietla not start Game One against Bowling Green? Against Bowling Green. Or... That's the point. That I don't get. That that's one that I'll 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 take him to the bank on. Like, because if he starts and doesn't go well, you go to Sinclair. That's fine. Yeah, and then you can come back to Blake on Tuesday, and then I don't really have a problem with Sinclair starting Friday in Huntsville. It's non-conference. Blake played on Tuesday and Saturday, and yeah. the majority of Friday. And to me, that's just a thousand percent what Dustin said last week. Like, if you really want this one, you can go turn into last week's podcast. So, so <laughs> it's one thing to make sure that your backup goalie is. is prepared if the starter goes down you have to get those maintenance games in your goal your, your backup goalie needs to be ready to play if needed but you don't put your backup goalie in in one of the most important games of the year and I don't think it's any issue with Blake Pietela getting overworked his last game in the USH or last season in the USHL he played in 47 games Right, yeah, that's one of the things too. Uh, people don't seem to realize is that when these guys are coming up from the USHL, they're taking a a dive in the number of games they're actually playing. The USHL has a much longer schedule per year than NCAA hockey does. Yep, the USHL is also a very hard league to judge. It's very high scoring. You know, like the other thing too when it comes to Blake is we are pretty sure that he got COVID, right? We're we're pretty we're pretty, for lack of a better word, we're pretty positive. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure he's coming uh, back from COVID. <laughs> so I get that that might be playing into why Joe's trying to be fifty fifty ish right now, and it hasn't quite worked out that way. So the, I'm sure the reasons make sense. We're just gonna second guess it anyways because that's what we're gonna do. That's what we're out here for. The people love speculation. That's why they tune in. <laughs> Let's be honest, the Bowling Green series, it's not like Blake played a whole lot better. No, there was a lot of goals scored. There was a lot of goals scored. And it's not like Blake had the better night in Huntsville. Um, Like, I guess he did, because I think they actually had more shots, and they, they did have shots in the last 33 minutes of the game. But at the same time, like, it's not like... It's not like either of them has played, like, Blake is not playing like he did at the beginning of the year. He's just not. And that might, and maybe that's reflecting in practice, and that's why Joe's going with Sinclair first. And we don't see that. Um, and with the number of games we got going on, I don't really have a problem with with uh, with Sinclair getting one out of three starts right now, especially if we're going to keep playing on Tuesdays because of Lake State. But I think that's enough of that one. Given the tight schedule like that, like you said, the rotation makes a lot more sense. Yeah. My last point would be um, I will not question Joe Sean on anything because his wife sent me a very nice email after Tuesday night's broadcast. Laura Lee is an incredible lady. She'll check in on me occasionally, and she's just the nicest lady you could ever hope to come across. Anyway, so Joe's the best, and that's all I got to (laughs) say. All right. (laughs)
Patrick Coro asked another question that we don't need to answer today. But I guess Harrison's here, so maybe we should do it now. He's a food dude. Matt, what is the proper configuration for a mega corn dog? And what is uh. the proper way to cook a corn dog? And why is it deep fried? I think the proper configuration for a mega corn dog is like you've seen like the popsicles with two sticks, right? So what you want is you want your two breaded corn dogs, oh. and then you want to additionally bread those together like two ice cream stick style. And then you want to deep fry those together. It's I gotta, think that's your mega corn dog. It's got to be, it's got to finish enough though that that dough in the middle still is cooked all the way through. I think you're risking a bit there. I yeah, I think you're right. That's true. Maybe you start them off in the fryer separate and just like kiss them at the end just before they're done. You got to start them together and then spread them out a little bit. I think you're all wrong. Yeah, Uh-oh. you got you got to start with an overstuffed girthier hot dog. Okay. Oh, so the mega right. hot dog is actually the size of the hot is dog. That, yeah. Is that going to be okay, the title so of this episode? I think we're just getting like, we're getting too far into the mega thing. We need to name this episode something different. Girthy <laughs> if, hot I mean, dog. Be, if, I, think if, I think if we use the word girthy, that's definitely attention grabbing. So maybe we could do that. I'm sure my boss like, will definitely listen to a podcast when he sees, hey, Harrison Watt was a guest on that girthier hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, at that point, like, are you just going to throw, is, like, a damn... Is your boss still going to be like, listening at 107 minutes? Uh, well, I mean, I, he might not be my boss at that point. I might be out the door. <laughs> it still needs to be a hot dog, though. You can't be a kielbasa. It needs to have the same okay. flavor. Okay. So you need, okay. you, need to, you need to make a hot dog in, like, a kielbasa casing. So, yeah. So does the mega one? So it's got to be the bigger casing, or does it need to be like the foot long hot dog? Well, I think you also need to go bigger than foot long. Foot long, foot long corn dogs are commonplace at the state fairs. I suppose. So you need to go like at least eighteen inches, probably two foot long of kielbasa size hot dog. <laughs> I really think that we're looking at like you know like the the ice cream size. The two, the two popsicle stick definitely makes sense. I I like that. I think that's, I think that's a mega corn dog. <laughs> I think if you want to start getting into like ultrasonic corn dogs, that's when we get into like Dustin's, you know, like galaxy brain. What if shit he's doing in, right now? What if you but, did like three of them in like a triangle shape, and then you that's had like like you're you're are in we, galaxy are we really talking brain. Foot long, or do we need to be talking about meters and metric versus and, imperial? And this is again. the thing: is that I feel like Dustin's getting into galaxy brain territory that we don't okay. need to quite need All to right. get into. You know. All right. So we had one more question, but we're gonna save it for next week. Sorry, Nick Holmes. All right, we we love you, Pat. Thanks for that one. That was a good one. The problem we, is that this whole conversation is going to pop back into my head while I'm on the air tomorrow. I'm just going to start laughing for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> if you call out Pat, he'll love you, and I love living with that guy. So that'll yeah. be fun. <laughs> so so if so if Tech wins tomorrow, I want to hear you say Mega Sweep <laughs> on the broadcast. No, no we got two more Completes games before the, the Mega, mega sweep. sweep. No, got... no, 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 no. They complete the Mega Sweep. It's two no, sweeps. Got... No, they the mega... swept. The Mega Sweep is Tuesday through Tuesday with yeah. four wins against two teams sandwiched two sweeps together. That's yeah. the Mega Sweep. Uh, four, four games in a week. If we win tomorrow, I'm I'm going to drop a Ferris Day busts up the Mega Sweep. You I'm, do that. Okay, I think <laughs> that's drop that on your head. That is more than fair. I think that, that is, is more than fair. I think we that's just, an absolutely fair thing to do. <laughs> but But that means if the Tech wins, I want to hear you say Tech completes the Mega Sweep. Come on, you can drop that in there. Do we want to wager like a local six pack on the line? I think that's fair. I, I don't think I'm allowed to do that. Um, 
just because <laughs> people that work in college sports aren't allowed to bet on any sports, apparently. Mm. Mm, oh, I hope I don't technically work in college sports, but I bet <laughs> on a lot of shit. You don't, you don't, you're not employed by a university. We're volunteers. The only thing that happens is that the patrons are dumb enough to get us money yeah. to get equipment. I don't get paid, so <laughs> I think you're safe with I'm your good. your uh, your farming your farming and your uh, diesel engines there, Dustin. You're you're good. <laughs> so the last thing, then, predictions for this weekend and tomorrow. Might as well throw that out there. This is tough because. Don't take my feelings into account. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Your feelings aren't in account, to be completely honest with you. Don't worry, he has enough feelings about Ferris that he doesn't need yours. These guys give me shit, but I think after last week... <laughs> you probably deserve they it. They <laughs> I think after last week, you understand what I'm talking about. This is a team that's going to put up goals. Like, yeah, they have that. They're Defensively, they've got a lot of maturing to do. Just go ahead, Matt. Pick the Ferris sweep. We know you're going to do it. That's not what I want. I think <laughs> Ferris takes one game, and I'm not sure which of the three it is. And I, I'm i going to go with Ferris loses tomorrow, and they take next Saturday. Or they take Saturday of this week, rather. I think we win two out of three. I'm going to go similar to Matt, but... Wait, 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 wait. So who wins Winter Carnival? If they split, you got to also call the total goals. Michigan Tech's going to win Winter Carnival because I think we run them out of the building on Friday. But I think we lose Saturday. Okay. I forgot it's Carnival. It doesn't even matter this year. It's stupid. No, it's weird. Because Carnival's already technically over, but it's technically the Carnival Series. But and Yeah, that's just, it's just weird. Tomorrow's game is at a weird time, and I'm probably not even going to be able to watch it, so I hope that's the disappointing loss of the three games and we go. But that's the conference game. I know, but I can't watch it anyway, so this is purely based on personal feelings, not conference matters. I have to, like, work at that time of day because it's at a stupid time of day. Isn't it at, like, 3 tomorrow? 3 Central, yep. Yeah, I, I think tomorrow's game is, is tomorrow's game is the letdown game of the three. And then you get back home, and it's a sweep at home. That's that's what I'm going with. I So you, you both are picking two out of three? Ferris has got to win sometime, and it's going to happen. We let Huntsville win uh, against us last year when it was only their second win, too, you know? So... We have a history of I don't know. It's it's a like I get what you're saying, but I also feel like Harrison has said like the defense or the goalie, one of them seems to let them down. Hey, I'm fine and with you being give disappointed up, here. Like they're what second to last in the country in goals against per game. Like if Ferris wises up and plays Stein, I really think they take a win. Sure, I, it's there's a possibility, but. I guess I will go next, and I will say that they sweep them all and complete the ultra sweep. <laughs> <laughs> we're not titling this episode ultra sweep. I'm no, sick not. of those no. names. No. <laughs> At risk of keeping us on topic, um, I have an <laughs> impending feeling of dread, uh, so I'm going to say Ferris takes two out of three, Ooh. and Tech loses Carnival because of it. Wow. Dungeon of Doom when we walk in the room, baby. Dustin, <laughs> Dustin Downer strikes again. That's true. <laughs> Tech loses Tuesday and Friday and comes back and wins a close one Saturday. And they were all really pissed off next week. Oh, my God. That would be terrible. This really included three predictions because you had to pick whether they're going to win the conference series, whether they're going to win the non-conference series, or if they're going to win Carnival. So yep. now the ball's in Harrison's court to really, really th finish us off. Obviously, because of who signs my paychecks, but also, I have a good feeling. 
we're going to pull off the tri sweep and we are walking out of town <laughs> with that winter carnival trophy and we are going to be obnoxious about it. <laughs> we are we are going to celebrate that winter carnival trophy. Although you don't get the kiss anymore because of COVID, I would imagine. So yep. yeah, who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Oh, okay, we didn't even but... get to talk about that. That's like one of my favorite awkward traditions. In oh, we got next week. Oh, yeah, kissing yeah. the carnival queen. Yeah. Yes, I used to collect those photos just to like put them all in one place so you could see all the awkwardness together. They are funny. so great. They I are have a very great story funny. about that too. I just can't wait until we're so woke that we have a a guy carnival queen, and and the captain this yeah, and the captain has to kiss him yeah, yeah. and then that that's gonna be real awkward. You're gonna see a banner up at Avonlea the next time you guys come to town. Winter carnival champs that'd be funny. Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh man, throw up yeah. the MTU one hundred logo on there just to really rub it in. All right, let's see if I can get this wrapped up in under two hours. Uh, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Thanks again to Harrison Watt for joining us this week. Thanks for having me. Enjoy the broadcast tomorrow. I'll do my best to say nice things. Uh, please <laughs> check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash Guide. Patrons that are black level or above receive an authentic MTU jersey patch and access to extra podcast content, including extremely long extended editions of this episode yep. and every other episode. <laughs> Patrons at the white level or above get access to monthly Zoom chats featuring guests like John Scott, Joe Sean, and Brad Patterson. Follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions for our email address, ChasingMac at TechHockeyGuide.com, or send a voice message directly at anchor.fm slash ChasingMacPod. We also have a Discord chat, which if you do the Patreon, you'll definitely get access to. Otherwise, we should probably post a link to that sometime soon because we haven't done that in a while. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Apparently, Spotify is the one that doesn't let you do the Joe Sean hour. Yup. Uh, so stay away from them, I guess, unless you use them for something else. If you can't find the podcast in your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, or share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. As always, special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint, Doc McRezen, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Also, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers on this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethinkyounotes.bandcamp.com. Thank you.